You are listening to MAGA Weekly with Brendan Dilly, the California, and Magical Trevor. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of MAGA Weekly. I'm going to go ahead and uh, try to get my co-hosts on here, and then we'll get started momentarily. Okay, I've sent the invites to my co-host, Mike. Uh, let's start with you. We got a sound check. You working good, bud? Does it sound good? Yes, sir. Loud and clear. Can you hear me? Absolutely, dude. You're coming through crystal. And oh my God, I think it worked the first time with Trev also. Trev, you there? Hello. Can you hear me? Holy shit. We're three for three. Everyone's here and it actually sounds good. That is exciting. All right. <laughs> okay, so yeah, here's what we're going to do. Uh, th- we obviously, we're very excited to have you guys back for MAGA Weekly. We missed it last week for good reason. I was uh, at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, our president, Donald J. Trump, had just been arraigned in New York City and flown back uh, to give a brief statement while throwing a party, because that's what you do when you're Donald J. Trump and some assholes try to lock you up. So it's been a week. And we're back now with MAGA Weekly. Uh, even more exciting is we're, we're doing this, and we actually seems to be working properly, which is exciting. And I think it's been a very big week for oh, all things MAGA, uh, not just President Trump, obviously, but the community itself. Uh, we're seeing the numbers and the results of that fraudulent indictment coming in. I think uh, it's about what we expected, but we'll maybe we'll start there. kind of tonight, I think I want to talk about that, which is uh, we get back, you know, I get back from Mar-a-Lago. The country is enraged and furious at what has just happened with President Donald J. Trump. And then we start all essentially guessing as to what is the response going to be from the electorate. So, Mike, let's start with you. I want to bring you in here. Uh, As far as you're concerned, you know, we're seeing the numbers rolling out. And I know you're a pretty social guy where you live in Southern California. As far as on the street, if if any conversations have you had with people uh, just maybe casually about how this has all gone down, what their thoughts are? Have you had any of those kind of conversations, even even maybe to people that are just neighbors, people in the community? Yeah, especially Easter uh, family. We got a bunch of different families over for Easter. And uh, people that weren't Trump people were still like, I can't believe what they're doing to that guy. So that's a good sign because people know he's getting he's getting ripped off, man, which is only good in the bigger picture. But, yeah, they, they see it's a bullshit. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> I was sending a tweet <laughs> to let everybody know. I was like, oh, shit, it broke again. Damn no, I was it. like, I was like, Mike, keep going. Don't give me a shitty short answer. And you were like, yeah, people are excited. They're mad. That's about it. <laughs> no, you're good, bro. Uh, I was just sending out a, a quick tweet about the uh, the spaces we're doing right now. Trev, uh, I want to ask you next, too. Same same kind of question, bro. What's the in your community? You're down there in Florida. What has been the sentiment in your community or is have you had any conversations? I know you've kind of you you had to order a new computer. You had a bunch of stuff going on, but I also know you, you also are crossing paths with a lot of everyday Americans, tradesmen, different people working on your house and things. Uh, any conversations about this? Nah, man, I don't talk to people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, um, it, yeah, I mean, it, a lot of people are are surprisingly like you know my parents who were pretty anti-Trump. I was talking to my mom, and she's like, "Yeah, it's it, that's total garbage." Um, they they 
both my parents are are pretty uh they have a pretty bad case of tds and and at least my mom i haven't talked to my dad about it but i talked to my mom about it she's like yeah it's that's that's stupid that's garbage so i think everybody sees it for what it is uh in the conversations that i've had with people they all see it as just total nonsense and uh now whether that'll affect them at the voting booth or not you know who knows but uh yeah people i guess if they're not awake by now I, i don't know what to tell you that's a great point, Trev. Um, so now, since it's it's MAGA Weekly, it's the three of us. Obviously, a uh, little bit notorious at this point. I see Ramble Rance just dropped in here. He's driving right now, so he can't even fucking defend himself. This guy, him and C3P memes, uh, currently having articles written up about both of them today because of a deep fake they did with Hillary Clinton endorsing Rob DeSantis. Uh, apparently the hail Hydra at the end wasn't enough for these fucking nerds to realize it was a meme. Uh, cause certainly Hillary Clinton would yell hail, hail Hydra at the end of a fucking interview. Just stupid. But of course, print media is like shitting themselves. Like these deep fakes are getting, they're really throwing people. I'm like, yeah, if you're fucking retarded and don't have a sense of humor, but Anywho, given the uh, climate uh, we're living in right now, and since we're on Twitter, we might as well talk about the Twitter Twitter bullshit. Um, you essentially, I've got two of the best memers uh, out there right now. We got Miguel California, who pretty much everybody has now heard his voice, and I got Magical Trevor as the co-host. Uh, and and you two gentlemen together, you created a meme with uh, one of our memers named Not a Bot of a wonderful tiny piece from uh, uh, yesteryear from a show called Cheers. And uh, you took what was once a wholesome uh, and and nostalgic show opening, and you utilized that to bludgeon a a fucking token alcoholic uh, who's out here working on behalf of Rob DeSantis' super PAC or something. Who knows? Maybe they just pay him in fucking in Bud Lights. I'm not sure. Uh, But that was one uh, John Cardildo. So, boys, do you guys want to talk a little bit about that, how that project came into existence, uh, whose idea that was? And where it kind of went, we'll start with Trev, because I think this originally started with you while Mike was at Easter dinner. And then we'll get the uh, I want to get Mike's uh, thoughts as he was recording this in the middle of the night. Uh, yeah, so not a uh, hits me up with it, uh, you know, like over DM. And it was like, hey, I thought about this idea of using like Car- Cardello and in, in, in a cheers meme. What, what do you think? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that sounds good. So we kind of worked together and, and hammered out the uh, the lyrics for it. Um, and uh, and I tossed them over to Mike just to see, you know, if he could if he could do it. I, I mean, I didn't know like what his schedule was. It was kind of like, hey, when you get a chance, <laughs> so I get up the next morning, <laughs> get messages from him from two o'clock in the morning. Hey, here it is. <laughs> shit okay um so you know i I had a doctor's appointment actually monday morning but i started thinking about it with all the the nonsense that went on on you know easter eve and uh or or an easter night whatever uh with him and all of the garbage like i didn't want to sit on it so i pushed the doctor's appointment to that afternoon instead of in the morning and whatever and then i uh um got together with the guys and, and just banged it out it was like you not about had to go to work so he was stuck at work so i had to um i pulled the images together and and 
you know, made like a bunch of quick comps in, in, in Photoshop and just kind of threw them all together as a, as a collage, like the intro tried to match it as close as I could get it. it there's a, mis- a few mistakes in there and stuff like that, but you know what? It, he doesn't deserve perfection. So, <laughs> but he, I mean, he nailed it. I mean, he nailed the song and I'm like, yeah, this is, this is too good to sit on. I got to do this like now. So yeah, dude, you, you guys did a phenomenal job, Trevor. It was so funny. And for those who are living under a rock or for some reason missed Twitter on Easter Sunday, given that you probably weren't uh, indulging in it the way we were. Um, basically, I triggered one of the resident douchebags on this platform. His name is John Cardillo, uh, by suggesting that he was spending his Easter alone drinking like a loser because uh, nobody loves him and he has no family. And he's like down at the fucking whatever, like the horse something. Or he's, apparently he does polo, which is like, dude, who fucking does polo? I don't know. Anyway, he's trying to flex that he was doing polo, uh, horse polo bullshit on a fucking Easter Sunday. Like, dude, there's so many things wrong with that. Anyway, I may have called him a drunk, which, again, if you're a drunk, the worst thing you can do is fucking clap back at me while drunk and then get mad at me because I call I, I point out the wrong alcohol that you drink. So anyway, that's what where this all started. Obviously, it eventually spiraled like most things with drunks do. And then uh, Magical Trevor jumped on, started uh, doing his thing. And then California, come on in, bud. You got to tell me, did you know this thing was going to be a home run the moment that you saw the what they were working on? Or was it like coming to coming in, becoming like a, a masterpiece as you were singing it? Um, I, well, I, I felt bad cause I wasn't involved in the, uh, you know, they were going after you, man. I, I felt like, oh man, I'm at Easter dinner with a family. And, uh, so I come home and I was working on a different meme. I mean, we had a souls thing. We had the Devo thing. We had like nine things going. I did a mega devil dogs thing in the morning, Easter Sunday. And I go, oh man, I want to help out Dilly. Right. And so I come in and I start working and then I see messages and Trev's all, Hey man, cheers. And I'm like, Oh, hell no. So I went and he had some track, but I went and found the, uh, another track and, and you know, the show's iconic. And I think that's what makes the memes effective when they tell you these really suck. That tells you how great it is because, um, that's really the goal. We're using music, um, from the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, nineties. I used one this morning, uh, with, uh, with Decentus people from the fifties, Fats Domino. So you use music that pulls the people's heartstrings. Cheers. It's the all about knowing your name. And he's the exact opposite. He's the town drunk and he's still whining about it today. Like, Oh, you made him. Yeah. Drunks don't realize when they're being called town drunk. So it was uh, so powerfully effective. And so Trev's lyrics as usual, or a home run. And so uh, I'm just all about, I don't want, I want to get this done right now. So Trev was like, I'm busy. And then next thing I know, this thing's launched. So that's the beauty of the memory. 100%, man. You guys are killing it. And also, and I think this is kind of, I'm talking about these two particular stories for a reason. Um, I think that we all understood meme warfare was going to be legitimate back in, you know, 2015, certainly Donald Trump's first run. We realized, oh, wow, like, okay, this is, uh, as we used to refer to as weaponized autists, and you had the Anons creating memes, and it was like really having an effect on the culture and, and also the way people were learning. And then we had 2020 come along, and things had already accelerated within that community. And certainly they tried to stop it by separating everybody, splitting everybody up. 
And what they didn't realize is what they did was they banished us, the, the you know, all of us, including me, from social media. When they did that, we didn't split up. We found one place to hang out, and eventually we we refined our craft and we refined our team. But all we did the last two years, everyone is seeing on social media right now, and it's funny because this is like a, a legitimate political weapon now. And everybody's going, holy shit. And we're like, dude, this isn't even like our best stuff. Like we've been, we've been doing this five days a week because you guys have been all, we've been hanging out. This has been about hanging out with friends and being like, okay, the Biden years fucking suck. What can we do? Let's turn them into ridiculous you know, characters. And this is what we just kept pushing the envelope. And at one point, um, Trev and, and, and Mike and everyone else, all of this incredible team, we started having problems with copyright. Okay, well, we got musicians. We have a singer. We have two singers. We have producers, guys that can literally put together music that you would listen to in your car. You'd go, oh my God, that sounds like a hot track. All of a sudden, copyright stopped being an issue. And uh, we're clicking on having fun. And then President Trump announces his presidential uh, run for 2024. And, and for those who aren't paying attention, it will go down in the history books as the longest presidential campaign in the history of America at right at about two years. And well, here we are. We said, oh, we've been working on this nonstop. So Trev, I want to bring you back in here because you are you're somebody who, who understands, I think, you know, the history of memeing. Certainly uh, you're what, what many would consider a godfather of the meme community. And why don't you tell me a little bit about Sort of because we're in a whole new world now where we got guys like Ramble Rants and C3P Meme and yourself where you guys are all starting to learn AI. You're starting to learn these deep fake videos. You're learning how to we're playing with voices. We're doing some really fun stuff. Uh, just tell me a little bit about that progression from where you started as a, a meme or as a creator all those years ago. Is Trev still there? Yeah, I'm still here. I, I missed a lot of what you had, had the last part of that. What was the question again? Basically, I just wanted to hear your I just wanted to hear your your thoughts and your feedback on the progression of memeing, like where it started from. We we're putting stuff on still frame to the point now where articles are getting written pretty much weekly about what you guys are doing to other candidates and their people because of oh, yeah. deep yeah. fakes, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's always kind of been uh, that way though. I mean, it, it's definitely progressed as an art form. I mean, it's definitely with, with a lot of the new tools and stuff like that, it's, it's definitely made it easier for people to, to ramp up and be able to, to put together things that they wouldn't have necessarily been able to put together before. Um, it, it, you know, it, it, being a video editor, it required like a very specific skill set and you had to learn all these programs and you had to have these really beefy computers and all this other stuff. And now with a lot of the AI tools and some of the online video editing software and, and I mean, even some of the old school tools have kind of made a, made it a, a, the point of entry a lot easier uh, for people to get involved in it. I mean, I, I, I'm, I produce these things that, that look, you know, really professionally done. I'm I'm a nobody. I, like I'm I'm a novice at this stuff, and so it, it, it it's definitely like the 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 barrier of entry has gotten a lot lower. Um, but the the big thing that that I you know all these tools have started to provide is just the ability for people to be able to create these things quickly and get them out the door a lot faster. 
but yeah, as far as articles and things being written, I mean, it's, it's always been a thing. Like even like back, you know, 2016 and stuff like that. I mean, you'd see these memes that would come out that would, you know, mock like uh, this guy, the geeks team put out a meme, you know, a number of years ago that had, uh, you know, a, a scene from the Kingsman that was a very popular movie and people didn't have a problem with the movie, but, oh, now that it's got that, like, you know, the logos for various media companies on the people's heads. Now, all of a sudden, oh, he's promoting violence against the uh, the media and stuff like that. It's it's always kind of been this pearl-clutching thing these guys do with these. That it's it's to get clicks. I mean, it, and it's it, that's what it boils down to at the end of the day. But yeah, it, it's it, it, they're they're always going to write about it because it is. It's such an ingrained part of the culture, and it's such an interesting topic to people that aren't necessarily a part of that culture. For us, it's like oh, Ramble Rants and NC3 Premium just made this meme again. You know, and they're going to make a lot more of these things. But you know, the, to these guys, it's like, oh my gosh, here's this thing. And now they're fooling everybody. It's just, it's, it, it's funny to watch. Definitely funny to watch at this point. Absolutely, man. And so, Mike, I want to bring you in because one of the things that you do and you and I, and all actually the entire meme team, but one of the things that I kind of was like, you and I had spitballed about and we, and we kind of were like, this is like years in the making, which was, man, you know, America's lost its identity. America has lost its culture and we've forgotten who we used to be. And one of the things we had all sort of kicked around this, this theme of was, man, like there's so much brilliant content that this, that this country had created that now is lost to the sands of time as it's being eroded by the Marxist. And we thought, my God, what if we started memeing stuff that people right off the bat, right off the bat, right out the gate, they know, they know the lyrics, and now we're having fun with our own lyrics, whether it's you doing them, or we had Leah Memes killing a song just a few months ago with Ramble, and we, we got lyrics, we're replacing the lyrics, but it's still just as catchy, it's working. The, tell me a little bit about your process, man, when you, because you are a, a classically trained, legitimate musician, you're like, fucking, you've done this your whole life. And now you're getting to play a lot of your favorite music with much more fucked up lyrics. Just tell me a little bit about that process, bro. Uh, classically trained, not so much, but I, I see what you're totally saying. Totally classically do trained. It. Don't correct me. Uh, bullshit. I can't even read music. Um, so, but what it is though, it's that people that are musicians and you musicians know what I'm talking about. We fucking hate karaoke and we hate people that do karaoke. But now I'm turn, I've done a flip going, thank God for these karaoke tracks, because it's like, oh, it's Fetterman dead or alive. OK, let's go get a Bon Jovi track and then let's go get a Bon Jovi karaoke track. Let's line them up. Let's friggin write songs. And so we're specifically targeting songs that we may hate the songs because a lot of them I hate, but they're just funny. And they stick in people's heads because every meme we do, they're like, oh, thanks. That's in my head. You know, William doing <laughs> took that dick. Dude, I couldn't record that. It took me a half hour from laughing. It was so funny. But just like the Foo Fighters and the there goes my pillow. Right. Or the, you know, it's stuff that we do. And the, I've always said this, though, the memery, the memers are the storytellers. They're the Will Rogers or the Mark Twain's. They are the reporting and the recorders of history. You may hate them, you may love them, but who else is gonna record the history? Everybody's changing and rewriting and revising shit where we can go back and, you know, ramble, pull up some friggin' funk, 
or they'll go get some Tupac or whatever and go, oh, I remember where I was when I heard this Tupac song and it brings it back and, oh, let's just add Trump as the friggin' baller in it. And it's just, a, it, it's, it's a weaponry, but it's, who's doing it? I don't want to say nobody is, but it's like, God bless the memers and we have a story to tell. And we, you know, like Lauren does it, Soul. America's great. And I'm not going to let you pigeon or memory hole uh, me going to the park on Mother's Day with my family and barbecue and playing horseshoes when I was eight years old. We're not going to let you forget lighting fireworks on Fourth of July. We're not going to let you forget that. That's a pure Americana. And going back to the American late night, Brendan, that's what we talked about. We're going to hold the line till we get 45 back. And Dude, we're going to die on this hill. So when any meatball or anybody tries to come in and say, oh, well, uh, it's the same virtue signaling, never Trump bullshit, and we're coming at it uh, unhinged, 100, pedal down. And I, we're having fun. But like you said, we haven't even warmed up, dude. We haven't even gotten serious yet. Amen, brother. Yeah, no, I think this is the thing. And look, I realize this is Twitter spaces, so everybody on Twitter can hear me. Um, and, and a lot of them already know they're sliding in my DMS. You should be fucking scared. Uh, I don't want to, I'm, this isn't necessarily a threat. I'm just letting you know, if you're a fucking dweeb and you're standing in between us and the American uh, dream and the American culture we're pursuing, we will fuck your shit up. And I think one of the reasons people are avoiding <laughs> at least cr trying to cross the meme team right now is unless you've got 26, 27 creators that are capable of doing what we do from a musical production fucking branding standpoint and sense of humor and comedy standpoint and voice work and all animation unless you've got 26 fucking professionals in your back pocket i don't know about well then you should probably shut the fuck up part of what we're seeing right now is the culture doesn't have anybody leading it like if we're being straight up honest who the hell is leading the culture nobody Saturday Night Live sucks ass. Nobody references the jokes anymore. Your stand-up comedians are mostly scared shitless of saying the wrong thing. Television is a joke. All the good shows that even start out good go woke eventually and turn to garbage. So who exactly is leading the culture? Honestly, I, this is the way I looked at it. And I looked at the meme team. And this is why I've done the Dilly Show the way that I do. I looked around and went, there's nobody leading the fucking culture. Might as well be me. Why not? I'm a good person. I know what's cool. I've never been a fucking dork in my entire life. I know what's cool. I know what resonates with human beings. Let's go ahead and create something together. And then from there, it was a matter of, okay, we're all about character. We want good ass people. Well, now we feel very confident. Everybody who's participating with the Dilly Show and certainly with the meme team, we can vouch for their character. Now we got solid, rock solid American loving patriots that are working uh, as friends towards a common goal, which is we want to put 45 back in office. We want Trump back. And a lot of people think, oh, this is, these people are being paid. Bitch, no, we're not. We've been doing this for years. You just weren't paying attention because we weren't on social media. We were not there. So you, what seems new to you has been our fucking daily routine for the better part of two and a half years. This is what we've been doing. And uh, I can understand why people are like caught off guard by that. And I think the thing right now, boys, let's, and I want to bring you both back in for this. I think it's the speed at which we can respond now. Previously, in order to make a quality video that was a response politically or using humor 
at least at minimum was taking three to seven days. And that's if they were moving at lightning speed. Usually it was more like three to seven weeks. Well, now you've got a team of people that are capable. And when you have as many people working together as we do at any given moment, you're looking at, we might have something done in three hours, depending on how many people are all pulling on in the same direction. And Trev, when you when you guys are talking about this, and obviously, I don't want to give we're not going to give away the the farm on how we do this, but certainly from a collaborative standpoint and creative standpoint, dude, I've never and I'm and I'm and I'm sure you you've been in the game a lot longer than I have, but I have never worked with a group as large as ours that moves as probably as well as ours does right now. And and what the, what does that do for you from a technical standpoint when it comes to actually creating content when you've got so many different hands in the pot, like sort of working on or, or uh, helping out with the same project? Um, well, for the most part, I mean, it, they, everybody's kind of broken down into to small groups. So there's there's definitely small groups within the larger group itself. Um, so it's, it's not like one giant silo where everybody just kind of all works on the same project. You've got groups of people doing stills. You've got groups of people doing, um, you know, music. You've got groups of people doing... I think we're losing you, Trev. You know, motivational I don't video. I what's going on with his Wi-Fi. Uh, Trev, you're cutting in and out, bro. Cool. I'm not sure if you're... Can you hear me? Hey. Uh, we can hear you okay. now. Now you're sorry. Uh, well, anyway, so you've got these small groups of people that are uh, doing these different things. So you've got, um, and then collectively, now you've got all of that stuff as a resource. So it, the the fact that these guys kind of work on these independent projects, but they're also aware of what everybody else is doing, makes it very advantageous to kind of pull things together um, really quickly. So having the small groups and then that that kind of coalesce into a, a single silo like that is 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 how it it just gets done very very quickly plus that and and everybody's you know if, if somebody's stuck or whatever they they're able to pull resources from a, a large pool of different different talents so um it, that's really how it, it goes so fast and and i mean that's that's not a secret that works pretty much in in any kind of industry that you look at it, it's just it, it's never really been applied to kind of this loose group of artists and that's why it's been so important to find like we could give away the secret sauce you're not going to recreate this because you're not going to find a, a group of talent that works together as well as this group because they've been honed over the last two years to do so and you know there's been friendships made there's been ups and downs and things like that but ultimately everybody has figured out how to work together and and that has become a cohesive team and i don't think you can really i mean you can it's just not going to be able to be done in any a reasonable amount of time recreate that same kind of environment um to produce like 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 we're putting out so yeah, trev that is such a good point you just made bro you know what it is there was no shortcut it, it literally was a grind and we've had we had other members and we had to remove people that no longer fit with our culture and then we, you know what we did we found other people who were new to what we all do and we added them in and so we've went through different iterations and i think you're you're 100 right bro this was earned this was not something that i i think you can just walk in and go okay we're throwing a guy or a girl in here and and uh, you do stills or you do that um it was definitely a a, a culture that we had to to essentially work through and there's been growing pains and what i think makes it so fun is that all of our growing pains 
happened behind the scenes when we were all off social media. So really, you know, nobody really got to see the hot dog getting made. And by the time we stepped on the center stage, it, it looks like this thing that's been always existing this way. But truthfully, we worked really fucking hard for it and we're thrilled about it. But I don't want to bore the audience with too much uh, technical stuff, but I do want to bring Mike back in here. Mike, one of the things we've talked about and in, in w- that we do specifically, and I love seeing it from a creative standpoint, we've talked about the weaponization of memes from the, the standpoint of destroying opposition, right? We've done that. It's funny. We've mocked them. We've shamed them. We've also elevated and highlighted lies they've told. We've told. Uh, we've also pulled back the curtain on what they are hiding, what they're not doing. But there's another form of memeing that we all enjoy uh, thoroughly. And I know it's pr- near and dear to your heart, which is working on things that inspire and remind people and bring them back to God, bring them back to America. And I kind of want to just hear your thoughts on this because you started out, um, you know, a few years ago, you were you were one of my sponsors back and you were giving away your music, all original music from California. And uh, eventually, obviously, this this family sort of starts to, to come about. But now you're getting to use that same talent, but you're getting to have, you know, some of the best uh, meme artists uh, probably in the in this world, in this sphere, who are creating essentially music videos for your voice and Leah's voice. Tell me a little bit about how that what that's like for you doing the inspirational stuff and a lot of those things that that allow you to talk about God and, and your other values. Yeah, that that's why it's unstoppable, Brendan, because it's we don't get paid. And not saying that money would mess it up, but a lot of times that does. But this is the love of God and country. And so um, it, it's a natural thing, right? Oh, well, you know, you see the religious people today, the Jeb Ellis's are like virtue signaling, all righteous and oh, be better, Alex, and all this bullshit that, you know what? We're not buying it anymore, right? We're fighting for our country, literally. And so um, I take my inspiration from Francis Marion, man, the Swamp Fox from South Carolina. He brought the, he started the untraditional warfare. They would jump up from the trees, you know, the guerrilla warfare. That's what we do. And the rhinos and the Republicans have been like, oh, we don't fight this way or whatever. And then we find out they're the uniparty. So, you know, the most dangerous people, are, are they the Democrats and the Satanists? No, the most dangerous people are the church people, the people that look you in the eye and then stab you in the back. That to me is more dangerous. So when people talk about unity and, and all this stuff, no, I don't unify with people taking money from Soros or Bush family bullshit. I don't do that. So it's a natural progression to talk about God. So I don't want to say we're the only ones doing it because we're not, but you know, you can shit post and then tweet out my Bible study in the morning. It's like, there's no separation. And the enemy, I'll say the enemy fill in the blank has always tried to divide us like, well, Oh, you're a racist or you don't do this or, and that's why the church compromised and they allowed crappy leaders, crappy pastors. And, you know, even my study in the morning, they're all people that have been burned by the church. So we're the most dangerous kind of people because we got nothing to live, you know, to lose. We're all in, we're all in for God and country. And we're going to talk about those things that now people call racist or, or, um, you know, nationalism or, Hey man, I come from a family of Marines. We love America. We love America. And I'm not ashamed of it. 
And for 30 years, people are kind of ashamed of it. Oh, Ronald Reagan and Lee Greenwood. That's why Trump brings it back. And it's so genius that you bring back things that trigger thoughts and, and inspiration. And that's all we're doing here. And we don't literally, you know, for the people, we don't sit around and game plan anything. This is our goal is to make Brendan laugh and to make ourselves laugh. We have a group of 28 people and we make each other laugh. You know, I didn't think Ramble that he could do better on the voiceover with a meatball. And, and then he's got Hillary. It's like, what's next? I, that makes me laugh. C3P. We make each other laugh and we inspire each other because, you know, uh, Phantom, you know, we got East Coasters, West Coasters. We got all types of Americans, right? You know, ten, three or four of our memers are from DeSantis states and they fucking hate them. So we have a love of country and it's a hatred of evil. And so you can't stop us. You can you can try to shame us. You can try to tell us, oh, we're racist or we're sexist. But we see through all the bullshit. We see through the Jebba Ellis virtue signaling cruise crew. Oh, mean tweet. We're better than that bullshit. We're not buying it. And that's what makes us dangerous because we don't stop. Right now, I'm working on a meme as I'm talking. We don't stop. You know, oh, let's take a couple of days off. No, I'm sorry. We're going to hit you with 10 more. And that, you know, what? what's meatballs down 30 points? I take a little pride in that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. down 30 points. Go ahead, Trev. Go ahead. Just to, to touch on something that, that Mike said that, you know, it, one of the ways you can kind of tell where these people are coming from is, is that, you know, one of the things he touched on is like, we, you know, we don't get paid for this. Okay. It, and the funny thing is, is you say that it's like, Oh yeah, well, we do this for free because we do this for the love of country. And they're like, Oh, so you're a cult member. And then it's like, okay, well, if we did take a paycheck, now we're a paid shield. There's no winning with these people because they don't understand that people do this because they believe in a cause. It's real, actual grassroots uh, you know, uh, politics here and, and civics. And so they don't understand that because they've been in the, the, the political uh, game with, with regards to consulting and all the other shit for so long. They don't understand the concept that people do this because they want to see real change in their country. They want to stop things from happening that are happening currently. And you know, you can't put a price tag on that. So take money or don't take money. But the bottom line is, is the main reason we do this is because we care about this country and we want to see it succeed. And, you know, and we're going to push as hard as we can towards the direction we think that that is the correct direction to go. And they, they just can't grasp that at all. No, no and, and you know what it is? Well, well I'm sorry, Brad, but it's like, yeah, you, everything is cool to have a cause except the cause that you disagree with. And then we're going to try and stop it. And you can't stop this. And I love it that I put all the songs together in this meatball thread on Twitter. And I love now looking at people are using it as ammo. That makes me laugh. I love when my brother who's outside the loop's like, dude, check out this meme. Oh yeah. That's ramble. You know, it's like every time someone shows me a meme, it's something we did and God bless the people that aren't working with us, but um, it's just a beautiful thing. And the 300 and patriotic Americans, you know, and, and then they'll always go, well, you're just online. That doesn't mean anything. Uh, okay. Whatever. I mean, just, it's a beautiful thing, dude. You can't stop it. So the meatball wow. team meatball that's listening, you can't stop it. So bow 
and friggin' accept Donald Trump instead. Oh, we're just going to keep coming. It doesn't matter. Well, and, and something I want to point out, too, and this is I don't mind saying this on Twitter. I'll tell you, you know, I talked about that on the show. Uh, we are the tip of the spear. And yes, it is only online. But I have news for you this time of year when political pundits and political companies who are paid large sums of money to go do polling, when they go and they start making phone calls, who answers those phones? Who does that polling? Political junkies. Normal people don't have time to sit through a 15-minute bullshit political survey. You know who sits through 15-minute political surveys? Political junkies who hang out on Twitter all day long because they know that's where shit's happening. So when you hear these people say, well, it's just, it's just online, like nobody gives a shit. Well, on one hand, you're right. You're right. It's not a huge audience, but it's the right fucking audience. It's the audience who's going to answer the phone when all of these different polling uh, companies call. And when they call and that person has just been red-pilled and learned some shit they didn't know about their previously supported candidate, or they've been armed to understand the fight a little bit better and why uh, they're even deeper, why they're supporting President Trump. Before it might have been, well, I'm a Republican, I support the nominee. Now it's, you know what, I look around the landscape and I understand this fight to an even deeper level because I've been getting educated in a very, very uh, fast way in a crash course via memes and, and tweets and shit posts and uh, maybe they watch the show a few times, whatever. But the bottom line is, and see, what I'm telling you guys, the higher-ups understood this. So this is something, I'm telling you something that the most powerful people in America already knew, and I would probably venture a guess that most Americans didn't understand. This is because, this is why Twitter was censored so heavily. It wasn't because it's a bigger platform than Facebook, it's not even fucking close. But it's who is on Twitter. It's who is congregating here and what it is that they do and how they affect larger groups of people. That's what mattered. And once you understand that and you understand what you're, how to weaponize it, because this is what Twitter has always been. Twitter is and was and always will be a weapon. It was a weapon used for the uh, spread of information. This is how they were able to overthrow governments abroad uh, years ago. The Arab Spring was almost entirely orchestrated on Twitter. And they pretty much were running a color revolution in the United States of America. America using utilizing Twitter and other social media uh, platforms, but Twitter specifically is highly effective because here's the result. President Trump starts putting out the messaging on Ron DeSantis. As that messaging goes out, we're taking his messaging and turning it into a cultural reference. As that cultural reference germinates, it's it's a lot easier sometimes to remember a cultural reference than it is a political talking point. And this is where this becomes a science because you start to inject the truth into cultural references that allow the end user to not only recall the information easier, but also to share it. And that's what they don't like. What they don't like is what Trev was saying as well. You're dealing with people who are not motivated by cash or fame. We're having fun. It's something most Americans have completely forgot about. We're having fun as an organization. We're having fun as a group, as a collective. And most importantly, is we are all, we, it's something that we believe in. It's not just, uh, you know, hey, let's get this guy elected. And, I, and look, my DMs are filling up with people who want to ask me, hey, can I, uh, would you guys do this? Oh, you know, you should, people trying to tell me who we should go after. Like, dude, they, we're not those people. That isn't what we do. 
We know exactly what the fuck we're doing. And a lot of people have asked too, in regards to, you know, obviously it's, it's, you can't ignore it. A lot of people who are associated with president Trump uh, are currently sharing our content, whether it's Dan Scavino and putting it at the top of president Trump's true social page and pinning it, or whether it's uh, some of our friends right here on Twitter, sharing our content regularly. The Trump team understands what we're doing, but at the end of the day, we set the pace. It wasn't the other way around. Nobody asked us to get more involved and to create content. As a matter of fact, we take absolutely no instruction from anybody. It comes from within. And because of that, because this is legitimate, real grassroots, organic, uh, not paid for support, it's really, really hard to beat. We are doing rock and roll. This is rock and roll. And and I'm trying to, I guess I'm, I'm spending time on this topic today because I want the people who are participating and listening and who share our content and share this content out there, I want you to understand the power and what you are doing to, sep- to, to spread this information around. It is working. Not only does this, when you use utilize memes and different fun pop culture reference, it also becomes a, a, a way of, of almost as a warning. You want to let people know, hey, man, this isn't that complicated. Don't be a piece of shit. Stand for America. Stand for your fellow, um, the guy next to you or the gal next to you. Stand for God and don't take any fucking prisoners. We're not interested. It's not, we are not even a hard people to get along with. We're some of the nicest people you'll ever deal with. But the truth is we also are zero bullshit. And so whether it's, you know, one of the things that really aggravated me last week, and, and we're staying with the theme is of President Trump's uh, arrest this last week. We have these fucking assholes from Team DeSantis virtue signaling and pretending to give a shit about President Trump getting arrested when you know all they were doing was trying to figure out how they could capitalize off of his suffering just the exact same way all of these politicians have always wondered how can I capitalize on we the people suffering it was the same shit they didn't look at that as a total con job rail job they were outraged they were mildly like oh wow that's alarming but you know who that wouldn't happen to turn the page that's all that was and it was so gross as you watch this and I think average Americans we're picking up on it. This isn't some like annoying uh, bullying of a U.S. citizen. This is the most powerful man in the world only 24 months ago, a little over 24 months ago. The former president of the United States, one of the most popular figures currently on planet Earth, let alone America, and you're arresting him for political reasons in the United States of America, a country that once uh, did not take uh, any of this kind of shit very lightly. I'm not. I'm not going to go further with that. But this would have been a a you know we the American public and the American patriot has done far more for far fucking less by the government uh, than what we're doing right now currently. But. Uh, what we're doing is is essentially trying to restore the uh, the republic we once had, and this is our calling, and this is the way we do it. And uh, and I'm very proud of you guys. I'm very proud to be here with you guys doing this. Um, with that being said, I see one of our uh, one of our members has requested to chat, so I'm going to see if I can bring him in. And he also has been around the game a long time. And I'll see if I can if I can accept him. I don't know if it's going to let me. Oh, there he is. Hold on. And that is our friend Mags, who also is a Dilly Meme Team member. Mags, once you uh, once your your thing kicks on, please, you've got the floor, bud. Yeah, I mean that's man, you motherfuckers nailed it. It's the it is a culture. The memes have have 
uh, become the new cultural revolution. And, and that's the, the reason why they try shutting us down so much. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just dying here choking on my spit. But um, it, like when they did that mass purge of, of tons of memers, it, it was let's hope that we can stop this. It reminds me of the scene. Um, I don't know if you remember from uh, uh, what the f- – the Tom Hanks movie. What's what's that good dude where he's Oh shit. Big. Huh? It's 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 Joe versus the volcano, obviously. No, no, that's the no, one, yeah. No. It's when um uh he does like all the cultural Wilson? revolution uh th- th- when he's slow. What the hell? Why can't I think of it? When he's slow? Yeah, he was like Oh, you mean Da Vinci Code, okay. No, 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 that's Philadelphia. You, that's you Philadelphia you're talking about. With me right now. You know what the movie is. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, there's a scene where he's like uh, talking. Forrest Gump is beautiful. He's talking to. Uh, um, he's in the uh, Washington D.C. and the general comes up and he tries to unplug the PA system to shut everything down, and you know to stop the movement. And that's kind of like what I feel like uh, the man is doing right now. But um, as far as like what I what I think was that Toy Story? <laughs> is that Toy Story? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's it. Why can't I think Don of it Rickles. right now? What it's like the most popular freaking movie. Why am I like Forrest, Forrest Gump? Gump. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyways, yeah. So, um, but as like you know, when we're, it, it's really funny because like um, on the Dilly Three Hundred, uh, when when I first started um, being a member in like 2015 or whatever, um, it was only stills. But a lot of the people here are way better than me now that were like learning when I was on top of my game. And I, I honestly think pretty much 90% of the people that are actually in the Dilly 300 are better video creators than I am. And um, so, but the, 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 the thing that really um, makes it so powerful is you know, our attention span these days in America is like, I wouldn't even say like maybe two seconds, three seconds. And so you got to hit them so quickly with something that um, they're like, ooh, what is this? And then they get in, you know, they 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 have a retention for it. And you can actually sell something quickly. And you can't do that with like, um, you know, text as much unless you're like really good at it but you know so so the memers just mag you just hit on something i want to get into in a second that was a really good point but oh you go ahead I'll, I'll i'll come right after you go ahead and say it okay oh well what i was just gonna say and again i think most of the people who are familiar with my work watch the show obviously my meme team you guys know i don't mind straight up telling you what i'm gonna do or what i've done and i told the memers um a little over a week ago I had figured out a weakness within one of the members of Team Meatball. Um, I was waiting to find out what it was. And that was John Cardilla being a fucking alcoholic. And I had told everybody, I go, I found it. I know exactly what his weakness is. Now, to some of you, that might sound nefarious or like, oh, Brandon, you're going to exploit that. The truth is, I'm only interested in bringing out the truth of whatever someone is. Right. Like I can't make you look bad if you're a good person and nor would I try. If you're a good human being and you're just doing what you think is right, I might disagree with you, but I'm not going to go after you that way. 
Now, if you're a bottom-feeding piece of shit and I figure out your weakness and you have a, a, an obsession with me, well, then I might, I might do exactly what I just fucking did. So to Mag's point, to be able to take someone, and unfortunately, Cardildo's going to continue to be the fucking punching bag that he is for the, you know, so I can illustrate this point. But when you have someone like that who makes a major, major fuck up on a major, major holiday in front of the public like that. Now, one or two tweets might get you some attention in the wrong way. He sent out 20 or 30 and he's completely belligerent. He even doxed me and my family because he's fucking retarded. But you have to be able to capitalize on that mistake and what we, the, the, our ability to move quickly is what separates us. And this is like, I think of this as kind of like a merry-go-round, except for the meme team and I are all strapped to the fucking merry-go-round. We can go as fast as you want. We're never going to fly off because we are strapped to that thing through faith and through character. And if you're lacking in either of those things or you've got shitty integrity, we're going to throw you the fuck off of it because we move too fast. So unless you've got 10 or 12 responses in a, and, and also, Trying to attack people on shit that they like, you know, for example, this guy's trying to call me a grifter because I sell my own apparel. Then he goes out and he finds some apparel that apparently some Chinese person was selling on my behalf, which was weird. But if you're going to attack people, dude, Americans don't give a shit about someone struggling. Right. So he was like, you bought a used car. And I'm like, what the fuck kind of a takedown is that, dude? Like, yeah, I'm a normal ass human being that doesn't like to buy new cars because they depreciate. So I buy used cars. That's that's not an attack. We're going after you because you're a drunk and then you you're you take money to mislead the public. That makes you a terrible fucking human being. I think that's the biggest thing is we don't do partisan politics no matter what anyone thinks. We destroy terrible fucking human beings. Do you know what we do with people that have a different political opinion from us but are good human beings? It's called healthy discussion and debate. I absolutely have no problem engaging in good faith debate. But if you're a fucking cunt, don't ask me or my meme team to engage you in some type of a debate when I already know your character is dog shit. And the meme team feels the exact same way. And I think we kind of have this understanding. I don't think we've ever, in the two years we've been doing this, made a target of someone who's actually a quality person and we felt bad about it later. We, we are batting literally 1,000, knocking the fuck out of terrible people who really should have no business gathering your attention. And I think that's part of the righteousness of what we do and what makes it so lethal, at least in, in terms of um, political uh, uh, capital, is the speed, Mag. So I want to bring you back, dude. That's kind of the point I wanted to make because this is, we we can go up as fast, as loud as you want to turn that volume, as fast as you want to make this merry-go-round go, we can do it with you, but I, you better fucking, you better be made of something like substantial. You can't be a fraud. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny though. Um, I, I, it kind of reminds me of a conversation I had with uh, like a team DeSantis guys. Well, I, it's actually a group that uh, they kicked me out of in a DM group. But um, uh, I told they when I would, they saw the meatball memes at the very beginning, they said, that's not going to stick. You know, you, how, you, you're not, you're never going to make that stick. And I said, watch us. We're going to make it stick. Everybody, any, every time that somebody thinks about a meatball, they think of Ron DeSantis. And it's not, 
uh, and the, the the crazy thing is, is that they think that this is some sort of uh, like uh, racial or ethnic kind of dig. It's not like a meatball. When when people joke about somebody being a meatball, they're clumsy. They're uh, like uncoordinated. They're like a goofball, you know, a dork, you know, and, and that's what you see. Like every time I see him now, I think of this like, huh, hey guys, come on and come over, man. Let's, you know, come and hang out with me, play D and D with me or something. And that's like, it's like, that's how you brand somebody. And, and when you do it so effectively that that's why they're so pissed off at this meme team is because we have, like like branded these people they they can never come out of it like anytime that you see them you think of the memes that we've created the brand well and, and here's here's what's fun about it mags and i want to just add to what you're saying dude what what's the magic recipe to avoid this dude don't be a terrible piece of shit person it's actually really funny it's literally the most simple thing don't be a scumbag if you're not a scumbag, not only would we, you not get our attention, frankly, it's really hard to meme quality people in a bad way. You, it, you can do it, but it doesn't play well. The end user knows. Like, can you imagine trying to, to create a fucking a negative put down meme against like a Dr. Ben Carson? Good luck, bro. You're like, oh, look at this guy from a single mom that went on to become a brain. Star. Like, what are you going to say? Quality good people don't have to worry about any of this shit. Ter and this is what's so awkward right now in the conservative movement. And Mike, I want to bring your, your thoughts on this, dude. Right now, we've got a bunch of old school political people, right? Republicans that are on Twitter that are looking and they go, you guys are being immature. You, Oh, someone got really triggered today. Oh, that was a deep fake. You're misleading the public. Obviously, we were putting humor in there. It should have been obvious it was a joke. And the bottom line is it's like, dude, the people that a lot of these Republicans – People like us, you know, where the Republicans look and they go, oh, I don't want to, you're, you're going to make me not want to vote for Trump because you're being too aggressive or you're too, they don't realize we're the only fucking people telling you the truth about these public figures who have been ripping you blind for years. Like whether it's Don Jr. red pilling people about the political industrial complex, about how that game is actually run and how much fucking money all of those political operatives are actually making, or whether it's us exposing people that a lot of Americans were previously uh, led astray about. Dude, our cause is 100% righteous, man. We do not attack good human uh, human beings, even if they have different politics than us. And I think that's that's the funniest thing is that the recipe or the formula for for being able to fight back against this is you have to start by not being a piece of shit. Mike, thoughts? Yeah, well, the Republican culture is that, you know, we're above it all and we're not going to fight back. And because of lulling, lulling us into that mindset, we've had 30 years of shit. So uh, it started with, for me at least, 45 calling out uh, McStain. How can you do that? He's a, I like my prisoners that are, that don't get caught. It's like, it was such a fuck you to everything that we held dear. Some people get triggered by the, the pussy, uh, the, the bus thing. I don't, that's the McCain thing. This is a Naval war hero, bro. And then what did it do? It made you think like, why would he say something like that? Either he's fucking insane or there's something to it. And so that's kind of where we're at now. 
Oh, Meatball's a piece of shit getting funded by the uh, Bushes and the globalists and Rupert Murdoch and his laundering book tour thing. And people that are like normies still, which I don't get. They're still like, well, you don't understand. And then like today, Jeb Ellis going, oh, this is so horrible. The the sexism of that. And there's a, a still a percentage of people that buy in and go, oh, my God, we don't want Trump because of disarray and being a disarray or whatever, burning shit down. is just they'd rather get raped. It's like they'd literally get rather get prison raped financially and spiritually by the church than actually someone saying, hey, that's fucking corrupt. It's like, ah, cover up your ears, right? It's re. And that's what's happening now. So when Jebba and all these people try to virtue signal, we're like, we ain't got time for you. And I tweeted that today, which is like, hey, go fuck yourselves. We have a planet and a country to save. And if you still don't get it, I don't have fucking time to explain it to you. Go ask your friends or sit back and enjoy the show. That's it. Well, and Mikey, you're so funny. What's a little awkward too, man, is Americans right now, and I feel kind of low-key sad for them. Like, okay, I, I get it. We stayed inside of our echo chamber of happiness, right? We really did. No matter how what was going on the last two years, and it sucked in various forms for all of us at various times, but ultimately, we always came back to center, which was God and country and laughter. We never lost our, our humor about any of this. You have to have that humor. What is so weird right now is the culture has is humorless, and, and that says it doesn't mean that they're dumb people. I think a lot of times – Dude, they're miserable. They're fucking miserable. And this is one of the reasons that I absolutely love having people on our team, um, like both of you gentlemen and, and Mags, but also people like Lauren Eve and some of the other storytellers that we have, uh, Mag of Devil Dogs, a lot of all these storytellers, soul memes who, who like to do the stuff that reminds you what America was. And we're doing humor also. This is a, part of it is a humor in a reverent humor that used to exist. But part of it also is this is the beautiful content that we've been creating that reminds you because like this culture that we're living through right now, boys and, and Trev, I want to bring you on for this. The culture we're living through right now is no one fought and died for this culture. If that makes sense, this is bullshit. This is awful, inorganic, fraudulent bullshit. The previous culture we show is a result of Americans dying on a foreign land most of the time. It was them going and making sure that Nazi Germany didn't take over the planet. It is Vietnam. It is the Korean War. It, it's actual blood, sweat, and tears, and then returning, and it's men working on their lawnmower in the front yard. It's building tree houses for the kids. It's the wives cooking uh, dinner or hanging clothes on a clothesline. It's good music. It's sun it's Saturday night outs with you know with your wife at a, in a nice restaurant. That is a culture that someone had to actually suffer in order to create. But the one that – and the reason I think that we – our job right now, and Trev, I want, this is where I wanted to bring you in. Our vision for America is not hard to articulate because it wasn't – we're not that far removed from it, right? The culture. We, we've got the video. We have the beautiful music. And we have the, the memories. Most of us lived through uh, portions of that. We have a, a very diverse age group, I would say, among our meme team. But, Trev, why don't you tell me a little about like when you go into creating something that is not just nostalgic but uplifting – 
what like what was your era, dude? I, I want to ask a more personal one. What era when you look and you go, God, that was fun. What era are you looking at? Is it is it an era before you or was it one maybe you yourself got to live through? Like wh- when were you feeling like, man, American culture is a blast right now? Straight up the 80s. Um, I mean, I grew up, a, a, you know, a kid of the 80s and, and the whole, you know, Saturday morning cartoons, the whole, you know, uh, you know, the, all the movies and stuff that Lauren runs on her channel and stuff like that. I mean, that's the reason we, you know, if you look at like meme TV and stuff like that, that's the reason why everything's themed that way. Um, it, it's why a lot of my design work is is all kind of that that throwback to the 80s thing because people want to go back to a simpler time when you look at today's culture it's 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 a a neural network of virtue signaling is and that's the, probably the best way i can describe it in the sense that everything exists because people have to feel the sense of that they're 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 contributing to something or they're they're suffering in some way and because we don't i mean it's starting to go in into a place where where people are really starting to suffer but, but generally speaking people that 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 live through the 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 you know the 20th century or the, the you know the 21st century as we're going into it they haven't had to really fight for anything um you know you go to the store and you buy your food you know there's no bread lines there's none of this stuff like that in this country and so people need to feel like they've suffered and that they have to give up something or that they're somehow contributing in a way that you know to society everyone needs to have that like well i'm not i'm not you know my life isn't perfect so you know i i have all these problems and so it's this whole virtual signaling uh neural network and and it feeds off each other and so and then when you introduce social media into it and people kind of get enclosed in these bubbles of just this like you refer to a failure feedback loop well this is a failure feedback loop on a on a on a global consciousness scale people just get caught up in this whole thing and they don't stop and go wait you know, go go outside and realize like there's there's a whole thing out there. I mean, it, you get involved. Go play with your kids. Go do things. It, you know, and that's why people want to kind of go back to the simpler time where it was just kind of easy to to kind of you know to play. I mean, you know, we didn't have like virtual reality and stuff that pulls you out of reality. You you had to go and make up your own games. You had to go and and do, you know, the video games were simple, you know, they weren't, you know, these ultra realistic graphics and things like that. The the cartoons were were contrite. You know, you look at like Knight Rider on TV. It's the goofiest shit in the world, but you know, it's people enjoyed it because it was simple you knew the good guy was going to win you knew the good guy was right and fought for you know truth justice in the american way and it was it was a place to kind of escape to in, in, in that sense and, and people long for that now and that's why you see that nostalgic that 80s nostalgic thing is just super popular because of that reason right there and that's that's true of other eras as well i mean some people they kind of have their era that that was that's what they want to focus on but for me it was definitely the the mid 80s that's fantastic, bro. No, I, I, I completely get it. And I, I agree. And, and, and what's sad is you're looking <clears throat> to your average American. You might not understand this. You're, you're facing a very specific demoral, demoralization tactic, which is why, like, can America still create culture like this? Can they still put out content that, that uh, invigorates and inspires and, and is fun and, and organic? Absolutely. 
it's not being done on purpose. We're proof that Americans can still create content that you all want to see. We with this team, and and the thing is, we don't work. We're playing. Everything we do is just a big fucking game. It's it's us playing, uh, and we're just hanging out, and we're using our, our imaginations to create uh, something that Hollywood and, and big corporations will not give to us anymore. This is garage rock and roll, uh, but in, in a totally different way. And you know, that's one of the things that, like Trev, what you were talking about. Uh, you know, people got to get out into their communities. I don't even think it's that simple anymore, partly because I believe one of the the functions of COVID was to usher in the era of the gray culture where everything is fucking gray. They got everybody dressed the same for a while with the masks and shit, and they got them all behaving in this awkward fashion. I think that was part of the objective. And I think uh, honestly, I don't think that the country has has recovered quite yet. I I hope that they will soon because I think they forgot how to have fun. I think they forgot how to connect. Uh, with other other people, I think they forgot how to connect with uh, you know their neighbors, and I think they forgot how to also. Americans used to be very forward in engaging in their community, meaning we didn't wait for like permission to help a neighbor. We just said, hey, I, I heard you banging around over here. I grabbed my tools. I, I thought I'd come give you a hand. That used to be a completely normal thing. Our, our country and our culture right now is so bizarre that, and I don't want to put anybody on blast so i'm not going to do it to the whole chat but if i had you guys all show your hands at uh how like the phone ringing it used to be where you were like oh my god i'm getting a phone call and you jumped up and you ran across the room and if you were handling a phone before caller id you had no fucking idea who was on the end of that line might be mom might be dad might be publishers clearing fucking house but you were thrilled now dude have you called somebody without texting to make sure it's okay to call first? They answer the phone like, what the fuck are you doing? What is wrong? Like, you would think that you just opened a bathroom door while they were taking a shit and you were like, hey, I didn't know anybody was in here. Like, it's like, dude, it's a fucking phone. I'm just calling to say hi. But most people can't even handle that exchange. 100%. And that's, and, and I think that's a continuation of it. I mean, people used to talk on, are getting used to talking online. They're, and so they've lost that interpersonal skill where you can just talk to people. Um, I, a lot of my career, a lot of a lot of what I do is all online, and and I mean even I've lost a lot of that. And that's that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this show with you and stuff like that is to kind of get some of that back. Um, but talking to people is is not as much of an art form as people make it out to be. You just have to go do it, and we have a, a, you know a whole group of people that are coming up now that are only used to talking to people online and they don't have that interpersonal skills. Well, you know, from experience talking to people online, you say some of the dumbest shit, the nastiest shit, you just let it fly. And then people try to take that into the real world when they're talking to people, you know, in the real world and they get their head stomped in and then they don't understand why. And I, it, it, but it's that's how it's being engineered. I mean, people are afraid of each other anymore. So, I mean, if people would actually sit down and just have a conversation, like you say, a lot of times, I mean, people would have would find they have more common ground than they realize. Um, but this just this whole internet blood sports kind of mentality that has. Uh, you know, per, invaded our cultures so much to the point. And then you couple that with the most recent thing with COVID where put a mask on your face, stay as far away from people as you possibly can, only go out for the necessities and then run back to your home. And that 
that's just not healthy and it and it's really really affecting our kids and that's that's really unfortunate well brent hey, um well I, we have a leadership problem there's like brendan was saying there's a leadership gap right mega devil without the marines lead follower get the fuck out of the way so we're leading and people don't like our vision they don't like americana because they intentionally tried to dumb us down and dumbed us down and memory hold us that oh you know what all that stuff that your grandparents talk about is bullshit racist horrible stuff so i i want to transpose it to where we are now i mean a lot of people they want us to think uh we're just going to be on the receiving end of getting fucked and that's just our 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 role in life but we're saying no we're going to fucking stop it and we're going to take it back and don't, you know, cause we always talk about the greatest generation and all these, gen you were born, we were born for this specific moment. We always like to look at other things and go, Oh, those people were this, the eighties were cool, which they were the nineties. We are here 2023. I didn't think I'd be around. We're here to fight and we do not back away from this fight. And I'm encouraged by the 300, by Patriots Online, by my neighbors that are rising up and going, you know what, Mike? You were pretty crazy a fucking year ago. But you know what? What you said came, let's fucking do this, man. I'm going to put up my Trump flag. So I got a couple neighbors now that got the Trump flags up. It's like, you got a statement. You know, it starts there. And um, do not lose hope, Patriots, because there's a lot of this and this. And you may think, oh, Brendan's so mean, or Miguel, how can he do this Bible study and then be such an asshole? I get that every day. But you know what? I don't have time to sit around and think. I'm being called to do what I do, and I'm going to empty the tank every day. And if more of us do that, they can't stop us. The God-fearing American patriot scares the hell out of the enemy. We don't know how powerful we are. We're starting to figure it out and I'm excited by it. Boom. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. You're exactly right, dude. And this was part of, you know, going back to, to my calling to what I do. You know, when I wrote my book in 2013, um, something really weird happened shortly thereafter, which was, you know, up, up to that point, uh, I pretty much was like, I think I would consider myself a fairly normal person. I would work, I worked at my job and then I'd go home and maybe I had plans with my friends or maybe I didn't, or maybe I was going to hang out with my kids or maybe I wasn't, I don't know. But, um, it was sort of just like this really small sort of existence that wasn't, there was nothing wrong with it. There was nothing particularly exciting about it. Um, but I also suffered from a lot of depression. I, I had a hard time getting over that stuff. I had, uh, you know, for the most of my, uh, you know, teen and, and, and adult life, I had dealt with suicidal ideation and all kinds of crazy stuff that I just, and I didn't know why I didn't know what was wrong with me. Well, once I wrote my book and I started to, I started to find my purpose, something really crazy happened. All of my thinking that I previously would do, which is when I would get depressed, I didn't have time for my thinking anymore. All I had time was for action. All I had time was to do. And I became um, almost obsessive with it. And I started helping people. And that was where I started as a self-help author and uh, as a self-help uh, life coach and a speaker. And I started just pouring into other people. And then as the fight evolved and I became involved in, in politics specifically, it evolved again. And now I find myself, and one of the things I'm probably most proud of aside from 
you know, having MAGA Commerce, which is our, our sponsors for the show, you know, people that I've been able to help make very successful. But the thing I think I'm most proud of in my life and that I felt like God had put me here for was giving people direction on how to find their purpose. Because I don't know if there is a bigger high than knowing exactly who the fuck you are every morning and every night of every day. Like when you wake up and you go, I know exactly who I am. I know exactly what I have to do for this day. And it has absolutely nothing to do with my job. It has everything to do with my calling. And that is a totally different, and that's where 18 hour days aren't a big deal. It's like, dude, are you shitting me? I I only sleep because I have to. Um, and we're all in that same vein. And I think that's one of the things I've been most probably proud of is, is watching as this team of, of incredible people start to find their flow and find where they fit and find, you know what, when I make God's calling for me, the most important part of my life, every other part of my life improves. And I know that sounds crazy, but because most people say, okay, I'll get to this after I take care of my responsibilities. And if you live that way, all what you're saying is, don't worry, God, I'm going to save a little bit of room at the end of my uh, afternoon or evening for you. You get the last most tired, shitty 30 minutes of my life. Uh, and then that's what I'll allocate to your purpose. Well, that's no way to live. And that's certainly no way to honor, uh, you know, the Lord for your talents. When you start reversing that and you go, okay, I'm going to honor what you made me to do and what you made me for first. And then I'll take care of everything else after that. What you find is that you have an infinite amount of energy. You find that the Lord starts opening up all kinds of options for you financially. All of a sudden your problems, it's not that they don't exist. They just start to become solved easier and they seemingly happen out of your control. It happens in a, in a very uh, you know sort of organic, perfect way. But what happens even more is that you're able to empty, like as, as Mike was saying, you're able to empty that that energy, that life into whatever it is you're doing every day. And you know what? That's what people are seeing when they consume the content, when they're listening, when they're watching. And once you hear it, you can't unhear it. Once you once it's gotten inside of you and you realize, oh, my God, there's a group of people going around this country that they love America and they love each other and they love the community. And they're all about God. But they're also like completely grounded and hilarious and irreverent. And they won't say there's nothing they won't fucking say. And they're all about giving a helping hand, which is what you know our entire community has been a part of. And it's an extension of what. Donald Trump's vision was for America. And that's really what we've been doing. We, we've been trying to live essentially the vision that he wanted to create for America. And you know what? It works. You will have better success. You will have better relationships. You're going to have a better country if you buy into it. And you don't have to know every detail of how he came to that conclusion. Just like I don't have to tell you the molecular molecular structure of a fucking jelly bean for you to take a bite and go, damn, jelly beans taste good. It's the same thing. It's like whatever you want to say about Trump and his methods and his ideas all I can tell you is somebody who has lived that and implemented it and bought into it, it works. That version of America absolutely works. And that's kind of what we're doing here uh, with uh, the, the Dilly meme team, who I am uh, honored to be uh, working with and, and be friends with and be family with. And uh, and all of you here on Twitter spaces with our MAGA weekly uh, uh, meetups and podcasts. But Mike, uh, any closing thoughts you want to add before we wind the things down and then travel go to you next, bud. 
I just want to say thank you to the Patriots that support us and share out our memes. Um, when you guys laugh and give us these funny comments, it, I mean, we already laugh first, but just seeing it, and it's not always about um, affirmation because when you lead sometimes, you're not sure what people think, but we're at the point we have 20 people, 27 people that don't care because we're going to follow our hearts and what we're doing. And so when you guys just go, hey, man, that made me laugh and it's stuck in my head that we really appreciate. It means a lot to us. So thank you for sharing it out. And I, I'm just I am so fired up, man. We just never stop. And you guys energize us. So thank you. Trev, why don't you go ahead and with your uh, closing comments, anything you want to add, man, before we wind things down? Yeah, sure. Just, I mean, to echo kind of what uh, Mike was saying. I mean, it's it's really, I mean, obviously we're going to press forward with, with what we're doing, but the fact that you guys share it out is, I mean, that you take time out of your day to, to do that and to, you know, interact and be a part of it. I mean, I know I hear a lot of people are like, oh, man, I wish I could make memes or I wish I could, uh, you know, but it, it is really just as important, you know, the way you guys share the message out there and stuff like that. Um, it, 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 we get a kick out of, you know, I mean, it's not the most important thing looking at the numbers, but we get a kick out of the, the fact that so many people are enjoying something that we, we created. Um, you know, we enjoy it ourselves, but like the fact that it brings other people joy or they're able to use it to, to get a point across that they might not have been able to communicate on their own is, is a huge boon to what we do every day. So thank you guys with, uh, you know, for, for doing that. And I really appreciate it. All right. Absolutely, man. You're, you're totally right. And it's always, it's always about the audience. And it's about the people, you know, that we're trying to help and, and uh, helping one another and your fellow man and fellow Americans. Um, listen, you guys, if you love this and you enjoy the, the MAGA weekly uh, spaces we're doing here, please share this out, uh, tweet it out, you know, try to put this everywhere. You know, we'd love to keep growing it. Um, we're obviously our format is a little loose. We just do things kind of what, what comes to, uh, to the heart and to the mind when we're on the, on this uh platform and doing it you can also listen to this you can re replay it on uh twitter if you want on spaces or you can go to uh dillyshow.com and you can click on the podcast link and trev will be converting this to a podcast uh and have it up probably later on to uh, this evening or tomorrow so you guys can always download it and play it on on uh, itunes or uh spotify or any other major podcast platform but otherwise we're done you guys we'll see you next tuesday at 7 30 p.m Eastern time. I obviously will be back tomorrow on the Dilly Show at 12 p.m. Eastern time. Dillyshow.com if you guys don't know where to watch. But God bless you. God bless America. And God bless our president, Donald J. Trump. I am author Brendan Dilly. That is my co-host, Miguel California and Magical Trevor. And we will see all of you guys tomorrow. <laughs>